Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Blister Podcast on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. Today, we've got Mike Rogie, the founder of Mountain Gazette, back on the podcast to discuss a number of things, including the wild winter that's been going down in Tahoe. And then we also discuss a few of the pieces that will be featured in the upcoming issue of the Mountain Gazette. This is issue number 199. And the specific topics we talk about in this conversation include urban through hiking. We also talk about mutton busting and bonus points to any of you who already know what that is. And then we somehow managed to find our way into a number of other topics that I think you are going to find interesting. Now, before we get started here, and Mike reminded me of this because he brings us up at the very end of our conversation. Well, Mike is getting into mountain biking, and that made me want to remind all of you about our Blister Plus Spot Insurance Because for those of us who either don't have insurance or have a high deductible attached to our insurance, well, if you're going to be spending time on a mountain bike, like Mike Rogie is going to be doing, and I certainly am going to be doing, it is simply a smart thing to get this Blister Plus Spot insurance. Basically how it works, you get $25,000 of coverage per injury per incident, not for a 12-month period, but per incident. And that comes with a $0 deductible. And you get all of this for $399 a year, where maybe you're like me, I'm paying about $500 a month for my insurance that still comes with a high deductible. But with our Blister Plus Spot membership, you get $25,000 of accident insurance per injury with a $0 deductible, and that will have you covered if you get injured while you are skiing or backcountry skiing or snowboarding, splitboarding, snowmobiling, and then, yes, mountain biking or road biking, including commuting, gravel biking, running, that's trail running or road running, Hiking, camping, rock climbing, bouldering, indoors or out, alpine rock, snow or glacier climbing, canyoneering, fishing, kayaking, or rafting. And so, if you are someone who spends any amount of time doing these activities out in the mountains or on the road, in the case of commuting or road running, well, we know that there are many millions of people out there who could benefit from this particular Blister Plus Spot coverage. So we will include a link in the show notes of this episode. Please check it out and at least make sure, make certain that this isn't something that could save you a lot of money and really help you out. And if you are someone like myself or all of our Blister reviewers, this Blister Plus Spot coverage actually is something that is really valuable and beneficial And so please don't wait, go sign up, and that coverage starts the minute you do sign up, and let's just make sure if and when those injuries come, we don't also get hurt financially 
because that is something that is happening to far too many people in our outdoor community. So that's it. Check out our Blister Plus Spot membership, get yourself covered, and then get out there and go get after it. And with that, let's go ahead and get to my conversation with Mike Rogie. Here we go. Mike Rogie, how are you on this Saturday evening? What a way to spend a Saturday evening with you on this very podcast. Welcome back, Mike. It's nice to be here, Jonathan. Thanks for having me again. We just said we were going to do this podcast quickly and spent the first half hour catching up. We both have goggle tans, and here we are. My goggle tan is definitely better than your goggle tan right now. But in 2023, I think that we now know that's actually losing at life because seriously, sunscreen, um, I need to, I need to be better. I understand. Yeah. I'm putting on sunscreen every uh, day. I've got two kids. I need to set a good example. That's right. And also I burn really easily. So, (laughs) well, obviously I don't, (laughs) obviously I don't Mike, this very olive complexion of mine just really keeps the, (laughs) keeps the sun race away. Anyway. Um, I know it's, it's, uh, it's not great. Our reviewer, Sasha Anastas, gave me a proper, proper loud scolding the other day. So it was, you know, it was harsh, but it was justified and I think set out of love. So I truly am going to step up my actually put on the sunscreen like that that was next to me in HQ, but I like failed to put it on before I went out. And um, so I'm going to try to be better. I'm going to do better, Mike. Absolutely. Wear sunscreen. I mean, it's sold literally in every gas station, every grocery store, every where you go. I think they give it away for free at the front desk where your office is. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. No, it's it's there. You don't even need to own it. It's just everywhere, <laughs> except apparently on your I'm face. Everywhere, but my face. <laughs> don't be like me, people. And I I I put it on today. Uh, I know it definitely doesn't look like that, but I did. So yes. This is a good public service announcement. I'm glad we did this. And I took one took one for the, the global team on this one because yeah, it's it's a little burny right now on my face. We could we could call this a micropod or a nanopod and just end it right now. <laughs> <laughs> just be like, that's it. <laughs> and we're out. I would love to do that, except we got a lot of things to catch up on here. The first of which, I mean, you and I have been talking about this and, and, and texting back and forth. You know, on the one hand, we we have talked quite a bit like with Cody about the fact that Tahoe is having this absolutely epic winter, but turns out it's not all fun and games. It can do things like cause people's entryways to collapse, which in fact was That's your right. situation recently. Tell us about this, Mike. Every year, I do a trip of my friends that I worked with at Ski the East, the Burlington-based clothing company. And they decided this year to come to Palisades Tahoe, which was great because we were having an epic winter. I was like, guys, there's no chance we're going to have a bad bad time. We have so much snow. We've officially passed. We're the second largest winter in history, uh, which we feel in all of our muscles and bones and everything just – constant shoveling. I think my four-year-old went to preschool six times between February and March, the end of March. So uh, a lot of snow days and, you know, it got to the point where you have to sort of make a decision when you're moving this snow, like, 
what are like the key things I need to move? And so for me, it was, we need to be able to get out of our house. We get these huge berms built up, you know, when they're plowing the roads, we have a four-year-old and a nine-month-old and they're both perfectly healthy. But when you have little kids, you want to be able to get out the door if you need to. Um, we had one snowstorm where I actually took my snowmobile down to the Kings beach Safeway because we ran out of diapers and the roads were closed for like 20 plus hours. 80 was closed in both directions. I couldn't get gas up here. So it's been apocalyptic. So the guys from ski the East were here we were at the chamois. We had finished our day. We were feeling good. And a friend, uh, called me and said, Hey, you need to FaceTime me right now. I'm at your house. You need to see this. And our entryway that, uh, had some stairs from basically our garage to the front door of our house, um, completely collapsed under the weight of snow. Now, if you're saying, Mike, you should have cleared that off. You're right. I should have. However, it snowed 14 feet in seven days. There wasn't really much I could do, you know, and I've got a Honda snowblower. Like I've got well, plenty of shovels. I've got good friends. Like we're all just doing the best we can. So I call my, uh, insurance broker who happens to also be a mountain gazette subscriber which is nice and so he's like dude don't feel bad over 300 homes in north lake tahoe alone have collapsed these are homes we feel really fortunate that no one was hurt um our golden retriever likes to hang out on that porch a lot thankfully he was inside the house at the time it happened like we have an alternative way in the house but it's just pure chaos man i mean and we don't even have it the worst. I think Mammoth, of all the towns in the Sierra, has gotten it the worst. They've had grocery stores collapse. They had a point where they just couldn't plow because they couldn't get diesel in. And they couldn't get diesel in because they couldn't plow. And they couldn't plow because they couldn't get diesel. It just goes on and on and on. But, um, yeah, I mean, I've had easily – it's been a cold winter, which is very rare for the Sierra – that Sierra cement has been here, but we've had this like blower snow that's reminiscent of where you are, Jonathan, as opposed to where we typically live. So I've got some of the best ski days, some of the scariest snow days, and I feel pretty lucky that we're all okay after that. We'll rebuild it. It's all good. And, uh, you know, our community's really hanging tough. They're really cool. After, uh, after it happened, I shared photos to my Twitter feed and we had 20 subscribers reach out to our customer service team at help at mountaingazette.com offering to like bring meals over to watch our kids to like help someone offer us a place that they live in Alpine Meadows that they're not there. And like, you know, I didn't have the heart to tell her that her place is probably buried too, but um, it was really cool, man. To, <laughs> it was really cool, man, to just like, you know, I didn't build this community for me. Like that wasn't my intention. I wanted to bring back a magazine, as you know, we've talked about it on previous pods, but um, when my family was okay, but it appeared like we needed help, like 20 of our subscribers reached out and we're like, just saying, what do you need? What can I do? And it was just, it made me feel really good. made me like just have a new appreciation for what it is we're building over here. Yeah. That's really cool. That's very cool. So that was a bit of an accident you dodged very happy about that but then you've made one key mistake this winter in that you did not come to our blister summit and i'm not really ready to let you live this down (laughs) and it seems like everyone you know 
or and or are friends with was there and I'm glad to hear that as you told me before we started recording they all came back and just kept talking about it kind of just really turning that knife I followed it on Instagram and I was just bummed I was like man these are like a lot of people that I either know and want to ski with it looked like the snow was really good which is just always great when you have people in town but then I was skiing with those same people like the week after. And like, it's kind of like when you didn't go to this party, but everyone else you're with did. And they're like saying these like things that happen and you can't really understand the context because you weren't there. And they're not even giving any regard to the fact that you weren't there. And so, yeah, it looked like a really good time. Um, you know, friends from moment and Philo and Drew Peterson were out there. Drew lives in Truckee and, mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks like everyone had a good time. Um, I had a lot of I like I don't really have the fear of missing out. Like I have two young kids. I don't really get to do anything. But I had like pretty serious FOMO <laughs> with that. And and well the worst of it was like I was watching the videos like as I was like shoveling our house for like the ninth time in three days, and I'm just like, God, what did I where did I go wrong? I got invited to this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like like yeah. It's not like, oh, I wish I could go and I don't know how to get there. If only you knew someone. I know people at the hotel where you're based. (laughs) I know. I've done stuff for the town of Crested Butte. Like, I like, I mean, I've done things with the the county commissioner in Gunnison. We have contributors there. Rob Dickinson and I went to high school together. It's like, I had no reason not to be there, except for the fact that my house was probably going to collapse. And turned out, true yeah it turned out true okay we forgive you for that make amends next year i will and we do i keep forgetting to tell people this but we are about to roll out uh start rolling out i think we shot 37 videos at the summit so not only when we do an in-person event we not only do a pretty great in-person five-day event we shoot 37 videos while doing the in-person so those actually should start rolling out this uh, this week. And it's a series of panel sessions and then product videos with a number of the brands. going to be a lot of good information. And I promise you, the panel sessions, Mike, you there's a couple that are going to kind of melt your mind. So I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. So, um, okay. So as a... As the owner, Jonathan, of a media company, like, you, you know, you, you obviously own Blister and I own Mountain Gazette. I have to say for our audience, because everyone who listens to this and they hear you hosting and you're asking questions, and I'm not going to ask you a question, but I do want people to know what it's like to have Jonathan as a peer in that, like, Jonathan's like, so what's new with Mountain Gazette? I'm like, just another new magazine coming out. It's really great. I'm proud of it. And then Jonathan's, I'm like, what's new with you? He's like, I started an effing college and we shot 37 videos last night and I record nine podcasts with Hoji this morning about toe pieces. And guess what else I did? I'm going to Europe. And oh, by the way, I'm under the ocean right now. And I'm like, what the? F-? The man never sleeps. If you like Blister, it's because it, he works really hard at it. And it's just, oh. it, I'm impressed. I 37 videos and like all I saw was you, you, Somehow we're skiing with like 90 people that week too, at oh, yeah. all at the same time. But none of you were all skiing together, but you were in every photo. I was like, how is he doing this? Today was the Payne McSchwanky and Jason Leventhal's on my advisory board. And I saw him for four minutes today. Wow. 
It's yeah. the second time he's been here, you know? Like, yeah. Michelle Parker is one of our contributors. She lives a mile down the road from me. I see her twice a winter. Yeah. It's like, but yet, you're everywhere all the time doing everything. And it's just, I love it. It's impressive. Wow. That was, that's very kind of you to say. There's some truth to it. There's some non-truth. Are you turning? I've, wait, are you turning red or is this a sunscreen? No, that, it's probably just my, yeah, it's my burning flesh on my face. But uh, yeah, I've, I've never been to the bottom of the ocean. So we need to correct that for the okay. record. But no, I mean, the reason we get it all done is, is truly like our team is amazing. And um, so shout out to them and everybody at the summit. I, I say that a lot on these podcasts. Everyone at the summit is like, hey, um, your team is amazing. I was like, I know. Uh, they are, and you know, so thank you. But yeah, that's how we get all this done. So that is absolutely the uh, the secret sauce. So as you also know, turns out having good people work with you is one of the very best things on earth. Yeah, but dude, we're giving away a trip for two to Portillo right now, I saw and it that. took us like four months to put together. <laughs> and that's not about competency. It's just like we just want to make sure whenever we do something mountain is that we want to make sure we do it a hundred percent right. You know, we don't, we want to make sure every I is dotted and T is crossed. And I'm not saying you don't, it's just like, that's just, I think the finality of print has like steeped its way into the otherwise where we're like, we could press publish online and change it. Yeah. But like, it's just, we don't really have that in our brains yet. Yeah. So we're, we're just, we're so print focused that we want to make sure we get it right the first first time out but well hey before we dive into some of the specifics of the upcoming issue give us a bit of the state of the union on mountain gazette in general and so i think a good place to start is you have been this guy like we're bringing print back and to be honest you know from conversations i was like cool i'm not sure i share the same level of certainty that this will go and so give us an update. I mean, I we know from past podcasts, it has gone well, but yeah. how are you seeing the landscape these days and how is it going at Mountain Gazette? So we'll start with the landscape. I get awesome magazines in the mail every couple of weeks. There's a lot of indies out there. Just had a great chat with the founder of Hi, Hey, Hello. Um and I uh, just got my first issue of Trails Magazine, which is like a Kickstarter-funded thing. Made me feel good that another guy from the Adirondacks was starting a print magazine. Mm. Made me not feel like such a weirdo <laughs> being a guy from the Adirondacks with a print mag. Um, Cream Magazine seems to be doing really well. I, I'm about to get their third issue, I think, this week. Um, and I, I just like talk to talk to other publishers, you know? I talk to you. Like We're all kind of in this weird boat together. And I think what's really cool is like, it's like, we're not competitors. We're all trying to help each other out, support each other and see where we can help. And as far as Mountain Gazette, we, uh, double the revenue last year. Um, this first quarter we're up 181% from where we were last year. So like we are growing quickly. We're adding about 350 subscribers a month and we're only losing about 200 a year. And we're losing people for whatever reason. Like they tried it. It wasn't what they thought it was. And like, we don't take it personally. Um, we do ask people like, Hey, what would you think? Why'd you cancel? And like, we try to get a lot of feedback um, on the advertising side of things. Like that was never our main focus. We have like crazy interest and we have a waiting list right now, which is interesting. Um, 
we're this is a big year for us. This is Mountain Gazette 199 is our spring issue. Um, it's the first issue since I took it over where uh, I took my training wheels off. There's no skiing in this as a former ski magazine editor. I feel really comfortable growing as an editor and um, you know, I've always let writers write and photographers shoot, but th- for this one in particular, I feel like we are really stretching what it means to be an outdoor magazine. I'm super proud of that. Um, we're becoming a little more relevant in the music scene, which hmm. I did not see coming. Hmm. Um, I had a really good response to the last issue. I wrote my first feature about the band goose and those guys have been incredibly supportive and also like just killing it. Like, after that story came out, they were on Jimmy Kimmel. They went on the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon just like sat in with them at the Capitol Theater last week. Jeff, their drummer, wears Mountain Gazette t-shirts on stage. Like they're great, and their management team linked us with the Kitchen Dwellers from Bozeman, so they're going to be in our next issue, which is really cool. Um, our team is growing. We just hired a PR agency, um, and part of that is we're going to start seeding copies of mountain gazette to hotel lobbies around the u.s international coffee shops cocktail bars we we tried this with rmu in their bars in whistler and breck and uh Truckee. and surprisingly a lot of people have learned about mountain gazette via having a cocktail at rmu and that's just because way and i are buddies and he's like yeah let's try it out and people dig it it's the right vibe so yeah, things are good. I mean, we're happy, healthy, growing um, at the moment. Like we're sending the magazine to the printer next week. And I don't think any of us feel overwhelmed or overworked. We feel like just whelmed and working and feeling good about what we're doing. Um, we've got a, a lot of new contributors. We just lost uh, Jason Roman, who is our senior photographer, to Jason Momoa, the actor. Um Jason Momoa hired Jason Roman for a year. They're working on a book project together and we're just like, awesome. That's pretty you cool. Know, like, yeah. It's cool. Cool. To, cool to see uh big names poaching some of the people that made their name in Mountain Gazette. And that feels good. A lot of people don't like that. I dig it. I think it's all right. Like start here and go somewhere else. But it was cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm probably professionally like the happiest I've ever been. Like, I feel like we're, we're doing the right thing when we can we don't and i told you this before we donated you know i'm doing our taxes right now and we donated 15 percent of our revenue to nonprofits last year that's a, that's awesome which was huge yeah you know we built little free libraries we donated to pow we donated the shane mcconkey foundation high fives um one of the things we started doing is i created a, a fund where we can help out with um with gofundmes for our subscribers you know like someone gets in an accident or something like that, like we can just step in as a magazine. Like it's not our job to protect our subscribers, but at the same time, like dude, they, they, they love us and they trust us and we, we love them back and want them to show that we, you know, we're thinking about them. We see them. So it's been really good. That's been awesome. Hmm. Like, I feel like our relationship with our subscribers has only gotten stronger. Hmm. That's, that's a hell of an update. By the way, I have to just go back to one thing you said, you're like, hey, you know, we're all here. We all are doing our thing. We try to support each other. If I didn't think Mountain Gazette was good, you and I could be friends, but you would not be on this podcast right now. Just keep it. You know that. Yeah. You know that. And we've talked about that. And one of the 
it was either our last podcast or the one before that. I was like, I, you know, I was like, I don't, I don't need this. And, um, and I wasn't sure that the outdoor space needs that needs it. And, um, I've, I have been happily proven wrong. And, um, I don't say that lightly. There's a lot of stuff out there to take people's attention. There's a lot of good things, a lot of ways for us to all spend our time. And, um, it's been cool given from where I started. Apparently I didn't have that much faith in you. I guess that's what this amounts to, but each, each we didn't time know out, each other. Either. We didn't know each yeah. other. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and, um, but that has been the cool thing. And I think we're going to get into this now because we're going to turn to a few of the stories when I was like, yeah, I don't need this. It's because I don't need to read the same ski story time and time again. What you just said a couple minutes ago is um, there's no ski stories in this issue, right? And I yeah. think that what I would, yeah. the way that I would put it, and it's been my experience is it's surprising every time. And that I did not expect. I That's maybe the best way to put it. I didn't think I needed to read it because there would be no surprises in it. That's why I didn't think I needed to read it. Yeah, no, I, I thanks, man. I mean, I get that. Like, I, um, I have a natural curiosity, personally, where I just I want to know things, and I understand that I'm really limited online about what kind of good research I can do. And I'm fortunate that I have a vehicle in Mountain Gazette where I can, you know, ask someone who's an expert in a field that I'm unfamiliar with to like, what is this all about? You know, like the other thing that's cool with the way we print being biannual is we had two really great stories that were slated for this issue and they came in and the writers admittedly were like, I don't think it's quite ready. And we're like, that's fine. Let's bump it. And so now they have six more months. Like we're going to change their rate so that they can be paid a little bit more to work on it a little bit more. And I just think that's like the thing that we tell people is like, what do we do with your subscriber money? Like, why do we charge you $80 a year? Because I'm now going to go give extra money to two writers to go do a better story. We weren't just like, well, we've already paid for it, so we got to put it in. Like, that's not what we do. We'll wait six months, make it better. And I mean, at that point, the one story will be eight, have 18 months of reporting in it. And it's being, we're trying to get it peer reviewed. It's a science based story and about performance. And, um, yeah, I mean, we're, I think on the surprising front, like, I am so surprised at how many people consider themselves to be outdoors people that don't maybe fit the archetype of like you and I being mountain town guys, like, um, and like what kind of influence they have, you know, like in what kind, like in their communities and what kind of thought leaders they are in their communities. And, like, I think sometimes, like, you and I probably get a little, this is just me admitting, like, we probably get a little too in the weeds in our own stuff of, like, just trying to make it really, really good and, and really, really good. What I've kind of learned is that, like, what's good for you and I is not necessarily what other people think is, like, their best outdoor day, like, ever, right? Like, and I think that's what I'm finding is, like, dude, the story that we were going to talk about first, if you want me to jump into yeah. it, is... Yeah. It's it's the opener for 199, and it's written by Miles Howard, who's a guy from Boston. It's photographed by Dan Brown, who's actually the first photographer I ever worked with in my career. 
we came up in the industry together. He's another Boston guy and it's called a ramble in the city. And it's a 27 mile through hike through Boston. And this kid miles, I mean, we've talked on the phone a bunch, like this went from being like a funny little thing to do during COVID because you're bored into he is now working with major metropolitan areas around the country to create through hikes, like 27 mile through hikes and get signage for them. And what blew me away from his story when, when he pitched it was like, it's not just about like the physical part of it or like getting a patch at the end. that says like I through hiked Boston. It's like you're connecting the brownstone parts yes, of the yes, city yes, yes. with the Fenway parks, with the like dilapidated parts of the city, with the parts of the city where you're told you shouldn't go because it's dangerous. It's not really dangerous. That's just a, you know, coded word for, you know, they're afraid of the people who live there and the photos are beautiful. I mean, I challenge anyone to look at this feature and tell me it's not a, an outdoor story about hiking. Um, and the coolest part is they did it over two weekends. That was it. You know, they made it work for them. Dan's got, uh, you know, a family and Miles has a job. And like, what I thought was cool was like, it was more accessible than like, you know, the Appalachian Trail or the, the PCT or something like that. And to me, like, that, it's just, it, it brings me a ton of joy. Like, I, I, every time we look at it in rounds when we're editing the magazine, I'm just like, I can't believe this story exists. And it didn't exist because like we made it happen. It exists because this kid Miles, like, did it and we found miles and so it's really great i'm really happy about that one dude i what i love about it too is yeah as we first of all like human beings go outdoors we whether it's just to get in your car to commute to work like we are creatures who are not always under some shelter right and so i personally just love the expansion of this notion of what counts and i mean frankly i love the idea that maybe at some point we throw off the phrase outdoors it's just like it's because it's like well of course like we go outside and it's like we you know what i mean like if we could if we could get to a point where we didn't have to identify this as a thing that we are into or like to do, because we're all, of course, sort of going outside. I, I need to think through that notion a bit more. That was very half-baked. So we, ha we have this phrase, right? The great outdoors. But if you think about it, like, what well, a great ski day for 10-year-old upstate New York Mike Rogie was is not what a great ski day for 37-year-old father of two Mike Rogie who lives in Tahoe. But I felt at the time like they were great. And I think what I've been kind of doing is thinking about like, well, what does a great day mean to these different people? You know, and I think when Dan got back, I asked him what the photographer, I was like, how, how did the shoot go? He's like, dude, I'm bushed. Like my feet hurt. Like I feel like I just did like a very serious hike and he had like, he had all the appropriate gear. He had everything he needed. And so what we're hoping to do with this Boston uh, story is, you know, our, our ad partner is Steo and Steo just opened up a store in Boston and miles and Dan are around Boston. So we're going to try to bring the Boston, outdoor community together and raise some money 
for Miles's program so that we can start via like Mountain Gazette and Miles's initiative, like creating through hikes in cities across the United States. So the next time you and I have to be in Boston for like a trade show or something, we could be like, yo, should we stick around this weekend and try to do the 27 mile through hike in Boston? Yeah. yeah. You know, like, it's just like, it's a thing. It's, I don't know. I think it's cool. And the, it sounds like the city of Boston, the elected officials are like all on board. You know, this is like, again, this is using what you have in your backyard to make something special for yourself and your community. Yeah. And I, I like too the idea that, well, one, it brings through hikes into the city, into urban environments where people actually are. That's just kind of amazing in and of itself. Two, sure, it likely will inspire some people to go try to through hike the Appalachian Trail or something. But then it might get people interested in hiking through other urban environments. And and all of this is about moving and about being out side and about getting to know different neighborhoods and cities and the rest like this is all extremely positive to me um and uh you know and it doesn't it's not like oh this is great because it will be the gateway to like the real through hiking no like let you know right we've got other famous uh through hikes those are great people can find them go do them I like the idea that this is every bit as interesting and legit as some of the extremely well-known and established ones. I, I do have a question for you, though. Given that you now know about this story, um, how long do you think it will be before someone tries to set a speed record on it on Strava? Like, it, maybe it's already happened. It, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. My answer is it's probably already happened or will be too be too soon i mean but that's fine people who are into that like you know i i don't have a problem with that so long as that doesn't become the dominant culture of these right where it's just people in lycra buzzing past like normal people so no i don't i don't think i have a problem with it but oh yeah like that's definitely gonna happen so you just proved but you just proved a point to me which i think is interesting about outdoor culture is like you would like, I asked that question and you answered it appropriately. It wasn't a trap or anything, but it's just like, we're already, it's such a beautiful, like pure thing. My natural instinct is to be like, when is outdoor culture as we know it going to like ruin it? Ruin it. Yeah. And so what I would say is like, you have the Boston marathon there. Yeah. If you feel like you need to go set a speed record, like go run the Boston marathon. Let's keep, the walking city trail, what it's supposed to be, which is like just a, a fun place to get Dunkin' Donuts and a, and a coffee. And, um, uh-huh. But yeah. not the only East Coast, not the only East Coast stories we have in this issue. So one of the big pieces of feedback that we got from the last issue, we did a fundraiser with Donnie Pelletier, this like main, you know, main influencer and pal. And because of that, we got a lot of new East Coast subscribers that like learned about us. And they all were like, hey, I love the issue. It's so cool. Where's our East Coast content? So we've got this Boston story. Got a a really great story from Maine in there. But we're also seeing the debut of an artist who has had 25 covers of The New Yorker. He's the staff cartoonist for The New Yorker. He has put out... I think two dozen books, um, three of which, two or three of which are with Steve Martin, the actor, comedian, 
just legendary guy. You know, only murders in the building is epic if you haven't seen it. And his name's Harry Bliss. And you asked me like, hey, how did you get that guy? And what's funny is like I find people who I just get attracted to their work. And I go to their website and I email their general page and say, I run this magazine. If you give me your address, I'll send you a copy. And if you like it, maybe we can talk on the phone about you contributing. And about seven or eight days after Harry got the magazine, he reached out to me. And now uh, the hope is that Harry's going to become a regular cartoonist, which will make him our third regular cartoonist in the mag, which is really cool. And I had no idea. You see New Yorker cartoons and you, you, I think most probably assume that like they happen quickly. Um, This has happened over the period of like four months. And like, all you have to do when you get our magazine is look at the tree that's in there. And you're like, how long did that take him with a pencil to do it? But yeah, Harry is doing his debut in Mountain Gazette. I'm really proud. He's got a spread. So it's, two feet wide and a foot and a half tall. It's the biggest cartoon he's ever made. Um, And he's like, dude, you can put a lot of text in here. You can put a lot of stuff in here. Like he just kept emailing me like, there's a lot in here, man. And he's great. He lives in New Hampshire. He spends a lot of time in Burlington, Vermont. Um, He is a big hiker, loves like absolute obsessed hiking with his dogs. That's his, that's been like a big part of his cartoons, why I reached out to him. And so I'm really pleased that, we can get someone of his caliber in Mountain Gazette. That's really, really great. And I think that's it. We have a lot of people having their first story ever published in Mountain Gazette in this issue. And I think it it brings their game up too, where it's like, hey, you've never heard of this writer and you've probably seen Harry's New Yorker covers. And like they all hang in the same same playground. That's a cool so. that's a cool mix mix smash. Yeah. It's good, man. I mean I'm um we have so many good pieces in here. I've got my former editor of Vice Sports, Will Grant, uh did something on he's the last person to ride the Pony Express on horse. Uh, he did it in twenty nineteen. Uh we've got a story of kitchen dwellers, but probably our signature piece is Ari Schneider, who your listeners probably know is he wrote the outdoor influencer story a year ago. He wrote the Mariah Wilson story, which has taken on a new life, interestingly enough, because of some of the poor, or I guess, according to the public, poorly written Mariah Wilson stories that have been out there. Say more Say more about that for a second. Give give people just a, who might not know what we're talking about. Yeah. So, I mean, look, I'm reserving judgment. I'm just going to say, I'm going to call balls and strikes on this one. Um, everyone knows I, I make fun of Outside Magazine quite a bit. That's not what I'm doing here. Um, you know, when we write a story that's sensitive like that, one of the things that we want to do is, is make sure that we're being, uh, factually accurate, of course, and also like be human beings. And so for Ari's piece, we got cooperation from her, her family. And that felt really important to us that this wasn't a story about someone who murdered someone. It was a story about lost potential of a person who was from Vermont and was rising through, you know, the bike racing scene and, and her life was tragically ended. That was the story to us. And um, outside took a different angle. Um, and 
the murder i want to say this correctly the the murder suspect's boyfriend's best friend wrote it so not just a little too close to the story a little too defensive i think people thought and again that's not my personal take on it um i read the story um i see i i see i see both sides i understand as an editor how that can happen like I, I do. I understand it. It was not a choice I would have made. But um, anyways, I guess Ari also did the Seth Morrison profile, which led to Seth like blocking all of us. And like we also have people reaching out to us all the time talking about how like awesome it was that like we wrote the story about Seth being elusive. And he was so elusive that he told us basically to fuck off too, you know? And and people were like, and that made Seth seem even more cool. Like everyone thought we were going to get him. And when we didn't, it was almost like being like, yeah, dude, he's still Seth Morrison. But what I like about Ari is that he's a great journalist and he has a good heart. He like, he wants to get stories right. That's it. And so for this one, I sent Ari on something that, I don't think he was particularly ready for. And what we did is we didn't the, we think the most comprehensive inside look into mutton busting. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) We think we've done the most comprehensive and inside look dot, dot, dot on say it again. Mutton busting. So for those of you that are like, what is mutton busting? Mutton busting is when you go to a rodeo and parents who may or may not have aspirations of their kids one day riding bucking Broncos and, and bulls and doing the bull riding thing. They put their kids um, in safety gear and like hockey helmets and throw them on the back of sheep, the sheep run and the kids get bucked off. Sometimes they lose their boots. They scorpion it. And you like, again, as the, as the father of a four-year-old, I, I can't see myself you know, I'm not a city guy. I grew up in upstate New York in the Adirondacks. Like, I understand this. Can't see myself doing it. So we sent Chip Kalbach, who's a photographer and also a father of young kids on it. And um, Chip's also uh, vegan. And so a, a big part of rodeo is like, you know, selling cattle and steer and like, you know, I'm, I'm, it sounds like I'm making fun of this, and I think this is the point that we really want to make with the story is that um, when we want to go dig into a community that we don't know, we really want to go deep, and we want to give them a fair shake. And I think what people will take out of this is they're like, oh, my God, I want to see pictures of kids getting bucked off a sheep. You will. But also you're going to learn that, like, the Western United States is changing. We're all very aware of that. And one of the ways that people kind of get to hold on to their family traditions is, is through things like skiing together and, you know, riding together. Like maybe they don't live in the mountains anymore, but they still ski together. But like in rodeo, a lot of these families may have lost their farms or, you know, lost the ranch or whatever. And this is their way of kind of like reconnecting the land, reconnecting their traditions. And I came out of this just having a ton of respect while not agreeing with all the opinions that are in this piece, like just a ton of respect for like the complexity of it. And like the fact is like rodeo is a real thing. And like, it might seem silly to these people who are doing rodeo that you would want your kid to like snowboard in the X games one day. That seems like such a silly thing to do for them. 
the core thing for them to do is get their kid on the back of a sheep and eventually get them on the back of a horse and eventually put them on the World Series, which is bull riding, where the best people in the world have glory for eight seconds. Yes, yeah, that's right. Which is <clears throat> about as long as one pow turn, and if it's a great one. And I think, yeah, this story is called Raising Bull Riders, an inside look into mutton busting. And we're like really excited for this community. I, I hope they think that we did them like right by them. We did not. I, I really asked Ari to put his um, personal biases in the story and see where they went. And I think that's the hook is like, you'll read this and you'd probably share some of Ari's biases and you follow him. And I think Ari gets convinced. I mean, dude, Ari and Chip went to five or six rodeo events over the course of like three or four months and went to, um, went to a farm, you know, like met a fam, excuse me, met a family. And yeah, it's just, I'm, it's the closer. Like I typically put, the strongest piece at the end of the magazine, just the one that I think is like the one you want to sink your teeth into and, you know, pour yourself a glass of something you like and be taken away. This story is, I think it's Ari's best hmm. because wow. Ari come Ari comes, Ari comes through the most, you know, like there's reporting in it, but like you kind of get a sense of who he is as a person and, and kind of why people feel comfortable and uncomfortable in these situations where you're with someone that you don't maybe politically agree with. But yeah, man, in the end, I think, I think it's our strongest piece. And I mean, that's just three. We've got God 18 or 22 (laughs) stories in here. I'm not quite sure. Like we just kept sneaking stuff in. Um, And then the only thing I'll tease is that we have an illustrated cover. We have no photo on the front. We have a piece of art, and we'll be sharing that cover in the in the coming weeks. And yeah, the magazine arrives at the end of April, beginning of May. It's our spring issue, and there's no skiing in it. So I'm riding without training wheels, man. <laughs> I like it. That was a great teaser of uh, of the coming episode, and I think it's great. I talked about or was trying to articulate again why I thought. When you revived Mountain Gazette, I was like, yeah, I don't need this. And it, and I found out in this conversation, it was like, it's not, it's not going to bring surprises. And I think everything you've just described about just the three sort of bits we've talked about in this, uh, this new issue, it is all surprising. I would not have predicted any of this. And I hope that I can continue to say that with subsequent issues. Yeah, man, I'm... I'm proud of this one. I'm proud of our team. Um, we were not without hardships. I already mentioned that, you know, during the making of this issue, like my entryway collapsed, our art director lost a family member, our copy editor lost a family member. Like what I thought was really cool is, um, you know, as a core like staff, it feels like the mountain gazette team is just getting, like we're getting closer and closer. And as we start to trust each other even more than we already do, uh, I think our work's getting better. You know, like no one's left waiting for anybody else. Like, you know, I was with my sons today and John was putting together some corrections I made last night while he was, you know, handling some personal stuff. And 
you know, we delayed the issue by a few weeks to accommodate another staff member who lost a family member. And like, I think that's, what's important about this is that like, we're never trying to do it just to get it out the door. Like we're always trying to make it great. And it makes me feel good when Kim starts copy editing and she's like, holy shit, this story is awesome. Or John's like, dude, wait till you see this photo that Chip sent us. Or, you know, or one thing we did differently this time too is we actually started inviting some of our senior contributors into Zoom meetings with us as we were laying out their story. And we made it pretty clear, like, hey, like we have final say, but like, tell us if we're getting this the way you intended it. And I think that goes back to like our magazine's reflection of the people who contribute to it and make it. And that's why you're surprised because it's not the same group of people over and over again. Like we're constantly changing people. We've got new people coming in all the time. We've got veterans that are switching up their styles and yeah, man, I'm just, I'm proud to be where we are right now and it's showing. So I feel like this is a special issue and hopefully people enjoy it. And if you don't go talk shit on blister instead of to us, just tell blister that they can get better. Just leave us alone. (laughs) (laughs) If you hate mountain gazette, yeah. Leave it in the comments section of this podcast on the website, (laughs) but, but leave, yeah. Leave Mike and his team alone. That's sure. That's nice. That's nice. That's like, that could be a new, this is like a new potential protocol for just, I don't know, the internet and everything like don't, don't go tell Mike how terrible he is. Just say it to somebody else. And then it's a kinder place. And Do it like you would in real life and talk shit about people behind their back. <laughs> Not to their face. Like if you don't like Blister and you don't like Mountain Gazette, don't tell Jonathan and I. Go dirty up Stephen Todd Jones's forum on TGR. <laughs> like over there. Because we don't read those. And you know what? That's fine. But... I am proud of the fact that all three Jones brothers subscribe to Mountain Gazette. And who, if you could guess, who do you think is the most vocal of mm. the three of them about what they want to see in Mountain Gazette? I would say Jeremy. It's Jeremy, dude. Yeah. Jeremy replies to our marketing emails and is like, you need to put this person in the magazine. You need to put this. So as a tribute to Jeremy constantly berating me, I, I just read his new book, which is really, really good, good. The Art of Shroudism. Yep. yep. I put... Uh, Wisdom plus science equals art on the side of the magazine. That's one of my favorite quotes from his new book. And so we're giving a little hat tip to Jeremy Jones's new book on the side of Mountain Gazette. That's cool. Yeah, that that book is fantastic. So if you missed it in our open mic series on Blister, I asked Jeremy if we could publish a portion of the art of shroudpanism, but read my intro. Because I make some very strong claims. I make some very strong claims about this snowboarder guy and his writing. And I think that you will find it. I don't know if you'll agree with me, you, but I think you will find it surprising. Yeah. So that's all I'm going to say. Dude, I feel like in 20 years, this is a big claim, but having read this book now, I feel like in 20 years, people will be quoting this the way Bruce Lee used to talk about water. Like his whole section about how like the turns he made as a kid at Stowe returned to him when he needed to shred like an icy face in Nepal. And you're like, oh yeah. Like it just, the way he views his entire like snowboarding 
life yeah. every turn met meaning something and what he does with them. I was like, well, this is great. Yeah. I feel like a piece of crap going out every day and being like, it sucks. I guess I'll go to wildflower and post a cookie shot. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's a deep thinker and he I really is. I, I like was very, very touched when he subscribed to the magazine and wrote a nice letter saying that his brother, Steve had showed it to him and he had what I thought was cool is he loved the magazine. He subscribed and like, he didn't look at the masthead to see who made it. And he was like, dude, I had no idea it was you. Cause I've interviewed Jeremy a few times for other projects. He lives in Truckee. Like we're not that far. We see each other at a lot of community events, but I thought that was really cool. I was really, really touched that he, he wanted to get the magazine. And, and like I said, he replies to all of our marketing emails and he's like, you need to get, this guy in there do you know about this and i love it he's an active member of our community and and we need him it's great awesome. as are you as am i as are you so thank you yeah man hey um i'm gonna let you get back to your evening uh because you know i got six more podcasts to record tonight no just kidding just don't don't lie you've recorded six podcasts during this time this <laughs> is all others this is yeah 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 <laughs> yeah this is not actually a podcast with Mike Rogan and Jonathan Ellsworth. This is Jonathan Ellsworth chat GPT. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and he's actually off doing something else. <laughs> Jonathan but. Ellsworth chat GPT. Wow. Think of all the podcasts we could put out. Dude, he's literally Jonathan's like, while we were recording this podcast, I watched him turn a pivot binding into a birdhouse. <laughs> Stop. It was amazing. I've never seen anything like it, but all right, sir. Tell us one more time. We will we will include a link in the show notes to Mountain Gazette. Just if you can't find it on your own, look at our show notes. Go to the website. You can subscribe there. Is there a date people need to have signed up by in order to get the next issue as soon as possible? I put you on the spot with that one. I don't think you know the answer. It's April 27th is the cutoff date. So we start shipping around that date. So, um, after April 27th, you need to add the current issue to get it. And the reason why we do it seems arbitrary, but it's like, we just needed to have clean accounting of who was where in their subscription. And so we have cutoff dates in the spring and the fall, but yeah, you subscribe at mountaingazette.com. You get two issues per year. And if you don't want us to email you, we won't, you can literally unsubscribe from our emails and it's the simple situation where you give us money and we send you beautiful magazines twice a year. And, that's our relationship. And if you need us to, we'll donate to your charities. So simple and easy trying to give to our community instead of just take from them. Good stuff, man. Well, look forward to receiving the new issue. Yeah. Good luck with everything and um, have fun shoveling. Yes. And for another pod, for people that are astute listeners, I've made fun of the fact that I don't like mountain biking. I'd like to breaking news. I am buying a pass to North star this summer to learn how to ride bikes better, which is me admitting that I've been totally wrong about mountain biking my entire life. So I've come around. I like to end podcasts with a confession or admission. So thanks for, thanks for checking that box. <laughs> that came out at absolute no nowhere. I don't know, dude. I remember the la the first pod we did, like I was like, Oh, I'll throw a whip or whatever. Oh, and you just did. like laughed at me. I did. We had to stop the pod and you just laughed at me for like three straight minutes. You're like, that's not even a phrase, dude. Yeah, that's yeah. not even what people that's say. That's what they say. Now I know. 
I'll be able to. That makes more sense, right? Okay, so you're you're embracing. Chuck a whip. <laughs> it's a callback. It's a callback. It's a it's a callback for the most astute blister. No one's still listening. They are. They checked out. They heard the three stories. They were like, oh, now he's going to talk about TGR or something, and they checked out. Okay. Well, so if you are still listening, yeah. subscribe to the new spot blister insurance because I told Jonathan I would, and I didn't. And then my house collapsed. I do not think these things are related. I think they're I think they're deeply connected. We just call that karma. So, That's just straight karma. Yeah. All right. Well, before you get on your mountain bike, let's get you the blister plus spot insurance stuff because you moron, you will hurt yourself. I'm just telling 100%. you. So like, don't, don't. 100%. Okay. Okay, that's a that's a that's a topic for another day. We'll follow up on that one, Mike. Thank you. And I, by the way, remember this: our n- next one that we do for Mountain Gazette issue two hundred, a big one. I know, but I also I was about to say I know it is a big one. We should also we'll do a broader media landscape, a real State of the Union, right? Because um, I don't think yeah. we need to do that every single time we talk. But I think next no. time we're due no. to kind of where like let's really do a State of the Union, dude. So for the next one, what I was thinking, if you want, is I was going to get you John Fahey or George Sibley to come in. So Sib- Sibley's in town and was the wrote for Mountain Gazette issue one. Oof. Yep. And has a piece of Mountain Gazette. Two, he's written in 200 issues of Mountain Gazette. His name's been in every one. Oh. And then Fahey is the guy that ran it into the ground the last time around. And he he completely disagrees with that assessment. And he's a kind of a prick. And I love him. So wow. if you want to get like, I mean, John Fahey is like, you can say his name in most Colorado bars and he's a legend, but go hang out with your lady friend. Okay. I'm going to do that. I'll talk to you later. Well, that's it for this edition of the Blister Podcast. I want to say thanks to Mike for the conversation. Thanks to Taylor Ahern for producing this episode. And thanks to you for listening. And just a reminder, one Use your sunscreen, right? We covered that. And two, do check out our Blister Plus Spot membership because, again, I suspect many of you out there don't have insurance or have insurance that comes with a deductible that's at least a couple thousand dollars that you're going to have to pay if anything happens to you. And many of us have deductibles that are more in the $5,000 to $8,000 to $10,000 range. And if that's your situation, this Blister Plus Spot membership, it is $399 for 12 months of coverage. So check it out. See if this is something that will be of benefit to you. So sign up and get covered and then go get after it, but with quite a bit more peace of mind while we go do, you know, maybe some crazy things. All right, everybody, that's it for now. We will see you tomorrow over on our Off the Couch podcast, Wednesday on our Crafted podcast, Thursday on our Bikes and Big Ideas podcast, and then Friday over on our Gear 30 podcast. So we've got a lot more interesting conversations headed your way this week. All right, everybody, take care. Talk to you soon.